Not A Women podcast presented by Women's Health and Wellbeing Services. I'm Melanie and I'm joined here today by uh, Emma and this is our very first podcast. We welcome everyone along who is listening to us as we launch into the stratosphere of podcasts. Mm, so uh, we've been doing some yep. um, Facebook Lives and some YouTubes but this is our very first episode as a podcast. Yeah. So you get to hear us, not just... Well, if you don't want to see us now, you can just kind of kind of hear us as we chatter Ooh. along on many different topics uh, to do with women. And we will be talking to many different women over the course of this podcast. We will just see, I guess, how it, how it pans out and how long um, it goes on many different um, topics. And um, we thought, though, we would start with talking about what's on in the world of women, both at our service. We're both based in... Um, Western Australia, I should tell you, if mm-hmm. in case you're listening somewhere, somewhere else in else. the world. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't really matter because we have a lot of our services uh, operating online as well. So, so we're launching this mm-hmm. for Women's Health Week. Yes. So Women's Health Week runs 7th to 11th of September and it's a nationwide campaign centred around improving women's health and helping women make healthier choices. And that is what we do. Yep. So our slogan at Women's Health and Wellbeing Services is keep going, keep growing. Mm-hmm. And we are all about um, helping women and supporting women on their journey to be healthier versions of themselves. Mm. So it seemed like a really good time to launch mm. our podcast as part of the Women's Health Week um, events. Mm-hmm. And what else is happening this week? Um in that week, we the if you hop on, you're welcome to hop onto a website called, funnily enough, womenshealthweek.com.au and they have a, a huge list of events that are operating all around Australia, mm-hmm. obviously including Western Australia. I should say too that this is 2020. In case you're listening to this in the future, mm. um, we're talking about uh, September in 2020. So, uh, yeah, there's a... There's such a big list there that we thought mm, maybe we'll just direct people to hop on that uh, website. But and more, I guess, more events are being added mm. daily as yeah. we so we're pre-recording this, uh, and they're being added daily as we head towards those dates. But there's such a range and a diverse range of mm. events that are being held around Australia. Uh, so in Western Australia, there's events like um, hula dancing, mm. but there's also bone scans. There's events to talk about menopause. There's chiropractic events. Like it really is all like a really broad spectrum of events supporting women's health. Uh, so, and our launch of our podcast is just one of those. Yay! Very Yay. exciting stuff. Um, uh, and in regards to what's happening with us in our uh, service, mm-hmm. so every every term we run new and fabulous uh, groups and different um, things. But as a ongoing uh, service we provide counselling for uh, women uh, and children, families, couples. That is our sort of main bread and butter. We have a big focus on perinatal mental health, and we will certainly be getting some women on to talk about many different spe- experiences of motherhood, from conception to birth to being a mother and everything in between. The the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, but every term we run, we have groups that run, uh, we still run circle security parenting every term, uh, usually once or twice a year we have a male facilitator, the lovely Evan, who comes and runs that for dads, that is coming up in term four. Um, we have the Wellness Warriors program that runs um, 
has been running this year. Yeah. So, and this week, um, again, as part of the Women's Health Week, we're focusing on women finding balance. And what better way to do that than with a body balance class? So, I thought you were going to say wine. I was like, oh. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well you know, um, different what? strokes for with different folks balance. and all of that. <laughs> uh, but I find balance can be somewhat affected by <laughs> consumption oh, of very wine. Very good point. Yeah. Very good point. So body balance is happening this week and that's mm-hmm. Thursday and so that's for if you haven't tried body balance before it's a combination of mm-hmm. yoga tai chi and pilates um and that's just in Thornley and then next week we've got tennis and the week after that is pole dancing so the idea behind the wellness warriors it's really about people physical activity should be fun mm-hmm. so if you haven't found something that's fun then you haven't actually found the right physical activity for you. Mm -hmm. So it's around offering a range of different physical activities for women so that they can get out there and they can try something and they can find what does actually bring them joy and what does make them laugh and what lights them up inside and whether that's something that's nice and relaxing and nice and calming like body balance or something that perhaps gets your energy pumping a little bit more like trying to hang upside down on a pole. (laughs) Or line dancing. Or line dancing. That was, dancing, that was yeah. <laughs> so lots of different things there, but those are the three that we've got coming up mm. in our wellness warriors. And and a great a great way I think to try new things that you've either never heard of, mm. or you've thought I'd like to try that, but I don't know where to start, and that seems a bit weird and awkward. But if it's kind of there, I know I'm more likely to go, especially if everyone else is new and don't and yeah. they don't know what they're doing without having to commit to. But also if someone's made the done the work for you, absolutely. You know, <laughs> just love that. That's it. Yeah. Just tell me where I need to turn up for like I want to I really enjoy trying different things Mm. I'm definitely not the kind of person that likes physical activity like netball or um, you know any of those traditional sports what Um, what other things have you tried Emma uh, trapeze and (laughs) silks and fencing and archery and fire twirling (laughs) and what did you you used to teach Oh, yeah, well, I taught belly dancing and burlesque for quite some time. (laughs) But they seem quite mainstream to me now. Yeah. So, um, But but that's awesome, yeah. Yeah, and I think trying different things, physical activity, I I know I keep saying it, but it Mm. should be fun. Mm. And for so many people, the idea of going and doing physical activity feels like such a chore Mm. and we want to light people up. But at the same time, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And I don't necessarily have the time or energy to go and find the cool mm. new exciting things so if somebody else can find them for me yep that's fantastic so it's great because janet's done all the work thank you janet mm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh what else do we have coming up in term four we have a new group that i'm actually running called the happiness project which is based on the book called the happiness uh project so yeah. that's something new we haven't run that before we tend to we have a few staples that we tend to run every mm term like circle security but then we also love to try new things and see how they go down and also if anyone if there's a need or a demand for new new, you know sort of new groups Mm -hmm. uh, uh, particularly around some mental health issues like anxiety we've run an anxiety group group before and depression groups and groups for new mummies and those things so we're always open to Definitely. What the needs are out there yeah. and obviously being a community organisation serving women, that mm-hmm. is our main, um, I guess, value. We need to make sure that we're in alignment with what women want mm. out there and I guess that's part of the podcast too to get women on here talking about um, 
I guess their wants and needs as well as their experiences and what mm. perhaps they needed at the time that wasn't wasn't there and yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, most definitely. Uh, so we've got those groups coming up in Term 4, but before we get to Term 4, mm. this week, again, part of the Women's Health Week, we do have a self-care session happening on Thursday night. Yep. So that's happening, again, that will be run by Janet, but really it's about recognising what self-care is and trying to encourage women to find you know to find time and to find the space for them to actually look after themselves Mm. because you can't you know you can't pour from an empty cup and Mm. I think people see self-care as being really quite selfish and we need to recognize that self-care is actually it's giving because if there's nothing left of you who's going to look after everybody else yeah Um, but also self-care is more than just having a cup of tea or having a bubble bath so you know what is it Mm. Uh, so we've got that happening on Thursday the tenth as well, mm, and we have um, we have started these regular fortnightly talks at mm-hmm. the service, including the one that Emma just mentioned. So we they will continue on. Some of them um, will be uh, via Zoom mm-hmm. because the facilitator, namely me, can't do <laughs> some of the. We well, can't be in two places at once, unfortunately. unfortunately. Not. A little tricky. I would really love that, but actually, mm-hmm. that would make probably life a bit more stressful than it already is. Yes. With the multitasking, so it's probably a good thing. Um, we also do live streams we as do. well, which is... Uh, By we, I mean you and Janet, Janet not me. <laughs> <laughs> um, you might have already seen them there on our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And on our YouTube channel. And on a YouTube channel, of course. Uh, and we run them twice a week. So I tend to talk about the mental health issues and Janet, being the health promotion officer, tends to focus more on physical health and well-being and... Um, as well as mental health and well-being. Mm-hmm. Everything ties in together really, well, doesn't sort of it? Well, it's the same, same. Like you yeah. were saying with the physical health, you know, you need a physical activity. You really mm. do need that. As much as like, ah, exercise, but oh my God, do you feel better? Yeah. Once you've done something and particularly something that you really enjoy, you've, you, you you know, it actually creates a chemical response in the brain and the body. So, you, really know, you can't argue with that kind yeah. of thing. Um, so, that's our live streams, uh, our talks, our groups. What else are we... That's kind of... Mm. Um, I'm just thinking... uh, Yeah, I mean, as far as that's what's happening here Mm. and then also happening in that week um, on the 9th of September, we've got Protective Behaviours Parent Workshop is being run by City of Gosnells. Cool. If you haven't done Protective Behaviours and you're not sure what that's about, that's a fabulous um, program or sort of talk what is it course thingy mm. to do for any parent around workshop let's go with workshop, workshop. that's yeah. the word i was looking for <laughs> thank you Emma. um for any parent or anyone who's got kids in their care about helping children protect themselves against abuse mm-hmm. basically learning to uh you know know signs in their body when they're a bit scared by someone and good secrets and bad secrets and who to trust all these kinds of stuff it's a it's a really fabulous and very important um conversation to be having with your children and if it's something that you're like i want obviously to keep my children safe and I don't know what to say Mm. or how to go about it this is the workshop for you yeah Um, and I think it's about um, offering children the ability to identify unsafe situations mm. and also arming them with the right language to use as well so have the language 
Yeah, really vital, really important. Um, so that's being run. That's actually part of uh, Child Protection Week, which happens to be the same week. So Child Protection Week runs 6th to the 12th of September and Women's Health Week runs 7th to the 11th of September. Why do we get two days less? Uh, <laughs> yeah, what is with that? Let's know. What is okay. with that? Um, maybe there's more children than there are women. But um, yeah, so that's being run through the City of Gosnells. And if you want more information on that, then you can go to the Gosnell, City of Gosnells website, which is gosnells.wa gov.au and we can put links to all of these things in the show notes as well mm-hmm. thank you emma mm. so that's it for our little introduction and we'll be back in a little moment to start actually talking about who we are and our history and our origins mm, sharing what the hidden world of women is going to be all about mm-hmm. on our first podcast for the hidden world of women yes i think that's probably a really good place to start why is it called the hidden world of women oh gee it's it's hard not to kind of i don't know stereotype women to say oh there's many hidden aspects of us sort of physically Mm. and psychologically but i think there is and there's a lot that we don't say Mm. um to ourselves to our partners to our friends and that there is a lot of uh, you know, and I, I guess we're saying in women, I guess in, in all people, but particularly in women, there tends to be perhaps more silencing that we do to ourselves yeah. or it may come culturally or in society. So we wanted to be here to talk about these hidden worlds in, in, a, in a willing kind of space to start mm. to share that. That's my interpretation of... Yeah, no, I agree. I think that um, we're living in a world of... Uh, I guess comparing our reality to somebody else's mm. Instagram mm. and those oh. you know the reality in Instagram can be very very different and most often I think are very very different but also we're living in a time where we're still so much of women's experiences yep. aren't talked about mm. and there's still so much taboo and there's still so much shame mm. what happens with that is that we end up with women who are going through certain experiences and feel as though they're the only one who are going through this. Yeah. Uh, and that can be something like, you know, mental health or um, postnatal depression and anxiety where mm. you know, the statistics for the number of women who experience some form of postnatal anxiety or depression mm. is actually really high, but people don't talk about it. Yeah. And there's this idea that, well, if I tell you that I'm not perfect, then I'm going to be judged for that. Mm. And actually we just... We don't know what happens behind closed doors because the only thing we share is this really rosy picture of what yeah. our life is like or what life in general is like. So let's let's open the doors and let's really share what's happening in real life and shape people's experiences and normalize it and also mm-hmm. hopefully inspire people by sharing the um, the positive, uplifting stories of people who have come out the other side. Yeah, yeah, not just kind of wallowing in the stuff that's still. Yeah. Broken you to an extent. I don't mm. know. I think, t- too, I agree with what you're saying in that you can't really connect to someone when they, they're they not willing to, I guess, show you the more vulnerable side or that things aren't right, especially postnatally. I think that's such mm. a good example mm. where um, you might go to a mother's group or, or something and 
some of the mothers might seem fine and oh no everything's sweet and you're all thinking this is like nothing like what I thought etc etc and you feel really isolated or really sort of shamed or doubting yourself and so then you don't you, it, things become more hidden. Yeah. And, and I you think that can. And absolutely. All of, yes. And that's where things kind of, I'm going to say dangerous, can get mm. really dangerous, you know, mentally, psychologically, for your relationships, for many yeah. things. The more you, I guess, hide away from from mm. yourself. There's a little midgy in my face. Go away. <laughs> I don't want to like blow on the microphone. Um, yes, yeah, so I guess we wanted to explore that not mm. I, I was going to say expose but I thought no that's that's <laughs> just as scary but really explore that in a, in a safe I guess way to inspire mm. like yeah. what you were saying Emma like hope and recovery yeah and, yeah and there's there's this real uh, for me I think that we don't know what we don't know yeah so when we have certain experiences if we're alone in those experiences because we don't share them and I think mm. as women that's mm. that's a really big risk that we're so busy being strong that mm. we're afraid to be vulnerable in front of people. Yeah. And I think the vulner- to be vulnerable takes a lot of strength. But if we don't share those with people, it means that we can't learn from other people as well. Mm-hmm. So they're, you know, what supports are available in the community or what services are there or just things that work for other people. We're not able to gain that knowledge and that experience because we aren't brave enough to actually share that this is what's happening for me or this is my experience. So um, what I'm hoping from this podcast is that we will actually be able to share it, as you said, in a safe way. Mm. So women aren't necessarily needing to divulge information but can perhaps – I guess they can be informed a little bit without necessarily needing to leave their living room. Yeah, <laughs> which is very handy. You yeah, you have to leave the house. Uh, as and I think too, um, being willing to, I guess, talk about things that you've uh, hidden away and hopefully kind of worked through can help. Uh, you know, other women relate and come forward, but sort of decrease shame as well. Mm, I think with many, definitely, um, many things we hide away or don't want to talk about or are very private, and some things need to be private. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can, on the flip side, can can increase this sort of shame about, oh, there's something wrong with me um, or guilt, you know, mm. nothing mother guilt or, or oh, yeah. woman guilt or just guilt for oh, millions of things with your dog, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, it's real, you yeah. know, uh, and that traps us. And debilitating. And yeah. very debilitating. Mm. And then you can kind of lead this kind of false life with this false sense of self and mm. then nothing's really kind of real or really connected. Uh, and you've, I think you feel that on a soul level and mm. we're all kind of craving and women are i'm going to generalize here but we're talkers you know and we 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 need each other to you know we said i think in some ways lost that little uh, little tribes and communities mm. and kind of women's business yeah. to, to kind of borrow from different cultures here obviously mm. and the more we can you know break down some of that i guess yeah is a and i think as well that um we with this idea of shame we have this perception of how people are going to respond and how people are yeah. going to react. Yeah. And I have very rarely seen the reaction be what somebody has feared it to be. Yep. So, so true. Uh, you know, and I think that often what happens is when when people are brave enough to actually share their experiences, yep. instead of being judged and instead of being shamed or ostracised, instead they actually gain the, the support that they mm. really need mm but they've put off for two or three years actually mm. asking for. Mm. If you were to ask for that support two or three years ago, you've got a much smaller problem to try and yeah. work through. So, yeah, it is really about trying to trying to normalise. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Um, 
I think too what springs to mind for me when I think of the hidden world of women, if we're talking about our, like physically our bodies are different. Yes. And we have more internal bits kind of thing, shall we say. I should tell you that I do study sexology, so sometimes I'm going to be t- – <laughs> Talking about some of that stuff, which I think is important, but I often... Well, we're a women's health service. I think it's okay to be able to, you know, use anatomical correct names for different bits and, (laughs) you know, to be able to talk about sex openly, to be able to reduce stigma and, you know, all of that. So... Hopefully we will be covering some of that in the podcast. Yeah. Some of our topics. Mm. Um, But I often think of... To, to sort of, uh, I guess, genderize here, if that's even a word. It's probably not a word, but... Oh, we can make one. In the binary sense of male and, and female, that in terms of sexuality, you know, woman's um, sort of sexuality in the way that our bodies work is more hidden and you have to kind of start from the outside, mm. so to speak. And by outside, I'm talking even mentally. You've got to start there and work mm-hmm. your way in, mm. into the inner of, of her. Whereas men tend to be the opposite. And again, I'm just generalising. So mm. there are many, I think on many levels, women have so much hidden about them and that we don't even know about and takes us a lifetime to explore ourselves, yeah. uh, let alone inviting anyone else into that so mm. that you're not alone in that exploration, I suppose. Yeah. And mm. um, Mel, you said uh, that you are studying sexology. Yeah. So that's one aspect of who you are Mm. and you're going to be hosting this podcast (laughs) i am so what are some of the other aspects of who you are (laughs) how long have you got i'm still (laughs) trying to work that out no uh aren't we all (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of the whole point here yeah uh so i'm a counseling psychologist by trade i would Mm -hmm. say so that was my or by qualification by qualification Mm. that's the that's the better word um, I do have some qualifications in health promotion and addiction studies, but that's kind of long ago in a former life. Um, but I guess working a, li- a little bit in the addictions field got me more, much more interested in psychology. Mm-hmm. And uh, really, I guess, honestly, understanding myself, but I did want to understand other people. Um, so, uh, yeah, I have masters in, in counselling psychology, and I've been here at the service for just over seven years. Yeah. Work, well, I, I used to work mainly therapeutically, just mm-hmm. seeing individual clients and doing, running some group programs and stuff like that. And more recently, uh, you know, I've gone through a bit of a change in uh, direction. So I am study, gone back to study because I seem to have a problem with study. <laughs> I keep going back to study, mm. just increasing my hex debt, yeah. which is probably never going <laughs> to go away. Um, and I'm doing a grad dip in uh, sexology very part-time. So I've nearly finished that. So here now I don't do therapy one-on-one anymore, but I still run some groups, therapeutic mm-hmm. groups. Clearly I'm going to be doing these podcasts, which is super exciting. I'm really excited to try that. And doing – what else do I do here? I do some live streams. Mm-hmm. I'm involved in some grant writing and trying to trying to bring in some more money, which is – Always Intr- useful. Always useful. Yeah. Uh, and a bit more of the businessy side of things I'm becoming more involved in. So I'm learning a lot, lot, you know, a lot of new skills and really – I've really kind of chucked myself out there, I think. Um, I took a big, big risk, really, yeah. when I decided that uh, doing therapeutic work wasn't floating my boat anymore and I had to uh, – that was a big life decision, really yeah. changing my, my career and my – how I saw myself. Yeah, your identity. My ad- professional mm. identity. And, and I think the weird – one of the I don't know if anyone else is listening who's a psych or in that field, it can kind of take over your life in a bit because 
it's kind of changes the way you think, you know. Mm. So then I had to sort of, you know, let go of some of that. But fortunately, was able to stay here. And thank you, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> awesome to have you here. <laughs> <laughs> I do appreciate yeah. that. So sort of evolve into something new. Uh, so that's mm. that's kind of who I am and what I do curr- yeah. currently in a, in a work sense. Yeah. 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 And I think that gives you, um, you know, having worked as a counselling psych here mm. for well, probably six-ish years yeah. and then, yeah. um, you know, the experience working with groups and working mm. with – it's given you a really diverse range of mm. experiences and diverse range of people who you've been able to work with, which I guess has formed some of the um, the underlying mm. context for why we're doing this podcast. Yes. Um, and certainly the work that you're doing now with the sexology is also yeah, – that's yeah. paid into it as well. So yeah. really helping to try and – some of the common themes that we've seen for the past seven years. Yeah. How can we talk about those in a positive way and yeah. try and bring some awareness? Yeah, and sort of um, in a – not in a therapeutic space. No. But, but still – Informing, it, educating, sharing. All that stuff. Yeah. And being – I think uh, fundamentally I'm very curious about people. I think mm. a lot of people are. Yeah. Um, so I guess doing a podcast, you know, and talking to people and talking to women about – who they are and what they've gone through and stuff is just a natural – I think it's a very natural human thing. We're all yeah. curious. You look at kids, they're naturally very curious kind of I thing. Think, I think we're all naturally curious mm. and, and that storytelling as well. Yes, the story. So, and being able to – that's what excites me about this is that it's actually – it's not going to be you and I just chatting about, you know, let's yep. talk about ovarian cancer. Yep. It's actually talking to people about their stories and mm. about their lived experience mm. and about how, you know, whatever it is that they're – I'm going to be talking about how that's impacted them, how it's impacted their life, their family, what, you know, all of those kinds of things. So I think that's really exciting to hear about real people and their real experiences rather than just, you know, some health professionals sitting (laughs) there going, well, this is what you eat. (laughs) <laughs> you know, eat your vegetables and yeah. do 30 minutes. 30 minutes of physical activity every day is important, by the way. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you know, actually yeah. having some real-life conversations. Yeah, yeah. And you can – it makes you, it certainly makes me feel a bit more normal, you know, kind of thing. Mm. Or you can relate to them rather than some professional kind of going, oh, you sh- this is what you should, shouldn't do. It's great to hear other people really struggle Yeah. Um, with that rather than – it's like when I – it reminds me of my studies and when – how much you get from hearing the uh, the lecturers or even my co-workers talk about case studies yeah. and actual clients or actual whatever and you're like, oh, that's really interesting rather than this is the theory yeah. and da-da-da and you're like, really? it's I mean, of course, some theory is important kind of thing. but Well, it is but with you saying that, so <laughs> I was um, – I'm not a social worker so mm. – uh, but I was supervising a social work student who did also have an external social work supervisor. Mm-hmm. But the social work student was saying to me, oh, you know, what models do you use? What theories do you use? Well, the last time I looked at a model or a theory was 20 years ago when I was at uni. Like, I don't know what (laughs) models and theory – because these are people. Yes. So it's not about models. It's not about theories. It's about actually – it's about all the informed eclecticism and that kind of – but it's actually about who is the person who's in front of you. Yeah. And holding those central. And I think that's probably what this is about as well. Definitely. Mm. The central part. Um, I guess speaking of stories, uh, Emma, would you like to talk perhaps a bit – could you also could you talk a little bit about your yourself and your role here before we talk about the story of the service and how 
And now with our little history and well, long history, mm. so, sort of medium history. Medium history. <laughs> <laughs> so who, who, what's your role here? Uh, yeah. So at the moment, well, at the moment, I've been in this role for, been in this particular role for 11-ish years, mm. maybe more, um, as the CEO here at Women's Health and Wellbeing Service. Mm. I've been employed by Women's Health and Wellbeing Service uh, for just over 17 years, just yeah. celebrated my 17th anniversary mm. here. Um, and... Yeah, so I've been through many different roles here. I started out as a health promotion officer, mm. went into a program coordinator, then went into doing some um, you know, finance positions and then management positions and mm. CEO. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I've uh, been in this role now for quite some time and absolutely love what we're able to do here. Yay! Yeah. We are such a cool service here. A lot we of, really do. A lot of people, I mean, of course I'm going to say that because I work here kind of thing, but a lot of people... <laughs> and your boss is sitting on the chair opposite <laughs> I better say the right thing. She's <laughs> <laughs> staring at me right now, people. <laughs> no, no, no. We, honestly, we get so many. We just had a meeting. Emma and I were in the meeting this morning and the... The, the, the women that were in the meeting were like, gee, they'd never been here before. And they yeah. commented, we get this so much, they comment on the, the kind of feel of the place and the yeah. atmosphere, even the way it smells. So we have lots of nice little smelly things around, which we can turn off if that doesn't work for that's you. Right. We do yeah. do that. Um, but that's exactly what we yeah. want to create, this kind of, you know, and it's a, it's a woman's service. So we kind of yeah. want to create this kind of nurturing, kind of womb-like space in, well, it's, in a way that's… Yeah, we want people to feel safe here. And yeah, we want safety. people to feel welcome and, pe- and people to feel at home and so one of the first things that happens when people come here is not only are they welcomed by our mm. um, amazing admin team but also then they're shown where the kitchen is mm. and where the cups and tea and coffee and so that they can actually come in make themselves a tea and coffee sit down and feel nice and comfortable and relaxed yeah without it without it being too formal yeah that's kind of it we have our formalities of course but yeah. But we make it very, I guess, approachable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Mm. So, and as far as where the services come from and where mm. it's gone to. This is a cool history. Uh, so, well, we started in 1994 and we started across the road from where we are now. In So, um, we're on the corner of Albany Highway and Dorothy Street at the moment in Gosnells, Western Australia. And we started across the road in Wheatley Street mm-hmm. in a little old house. Mm-hmm. And when when the organisation first started, it started with two staff and they were both part-time. So and did, did they start it? Did they? It was started by a group of professional women came together and just identified the, for the, the fact that there was a need for a women's health service in the area and there was just nothing. Right. So they started this with a nurse practitioner and an admin person. Yeah, right. And that was it. Um, mm-hmm. I started in 2003. So yep. the organisation was nine years old at the time. Mm-hmm. And when I started, I was very much the youngest member of staff. Mm-hmm. And we got a slightly bigger team, but it was still it was still small. But the old house, like I loved the old house <laughs> because... I love old houses, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's it. And we'd got a rose garden oh. and, you know, and people came through the front door and it yeah. was, they were coming into a home. Yes. And that was really lovely, but it was a really old house. Mm-hmm. So, and it was very small. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the gutters were falling off, and there's a bit too much maintenance going there on. Was there. A, yeah, <laughs> well, actually, there was no maintenance well. going on. That was part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so I shared an office with two other women, and we had uh, we had two desks between the three of us. 
the photocopier was in our room as well. We had one phone, which at the time, because it was a very long time ago, had a cord. <laughs> sure, sure. And then that had to be passed between the desks, depending on who wanted mm. to use the phone. And yep. if somebody came in and wasn't paying attention to use the photocopier, they would fall over the cord for the phone. And <laughs> so then, wow. but every square inch of space in that place was used. Yep. So we had, you know, posters all over the wall, advertising health messages, mm. but down to the bathroom was stripped out and one of mm-hmm. the multicultural women, multicultural workers worked out of the bathroom. Yeah. To get into the wow. bathroom, you had to, well, which then became her office, you had to open the door, you could shimmy yourself in, mm-hmm. then you could close the door. Her mm-hmm. desk was behind the door. You could pull the chair out. And if you weighed less than 60 kilos, you could squeeze yourself in behind. If you oh, were more than that, <laughs> you were sitting out in the corridor. Yeah. So, you know, um, the laundry was stripped out. That was used as well. When mm. we left there, they had to get a plumber back in to put oh. the laundry trough back in. Oh. And yeah, so and how, long, how long was it operating from the house? So, well, it started in 1994 and then we moved here in july 2004 oh okay you're right so yeah, yeah so we were in there for oh, 10 years yeah, right. and then and we've you been just here grew. yeah yeah and it has grown significantly yeah so when we first started we pretty much only had the main counseling program that we still have now yeah and then we introduced the perinatal mental health program but that was in conjunction with midland women's Healthcare house at the time yeah and so that was actually a partnership in that they had a staff member who mm-hmm. operated out of our service. Yeah. I was the only health promotion staff member. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a couple of groups mm-hmm. and a GP at the time who did the two well women's mornings. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah, right. Um, and then, yeah, obviously we got the the mental the perinatal mental health program and mm. then we got a building stronger families program we we're able to start offering some mm. family-based groups and courses and then it's just really it's just grown yeah right a lot yeah it's grown a lot since then so it kind of yeah. stemmed from a, a lack in the community and, a, and the need for services but then women came like obviously they came and they kept coming and there was a demand and yeah and one of the things that I really love about what we're able to offer here Mm. is we are we are incredibly small and we are incredibly grassroots Mm. the downside to that is that we have absolutely no money and we run on a shoestring and we Mm. make it you know we have to make no money work incredibly well and I think that we do a good job of that yeah the upside to that is that we also have no red tape so that means I love that. yeah I love it I yeah. do that means that if there's a community need now mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. can respond to that community need now yeah we don't have to wait for it to go up through all the bureaucratic mm. red tape and all the levels and get to head office and then by the time it comes down again well actually that community is no longer part of our community they've yeah. transitioned on and now there's a new need but now we've got to run a program based on the previous community that was here mm. we're working with the people who are in front of us at all the, at all times yeah yeah. So, you know, when the COVID hit, yeah. we were able to change things. We changed things overnight. Yeah. Yes. I re- yes. Yeah. That's it. I, you lived it. <laughs> uh, yes, I was part of that process. Like, What's going on? Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, but uh, we, can, we can do that. We that's, can. Yeah, we have that flexibility because yeah. we're not tied up literally in all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. which is fantastic. And, mm-hmm. you know, and one of the other things that I'm really proud of about our organisation is that all of our money goes to service provision. Yeah. So when people are making donations and, you know, we mm. saw something earlier in the year where a lot of people made hefty donations to mm. other organisations for bushfire relief and yeah. that kind of thing. And a lot of that money 
got chewed up in admin and is now sitting in somebody's bank account, well, an organisation's well, bank account. Yeah. That doesn't happen here. Mm. So any money that we get that goes mm-hmm. towards service provision goes towards service provision. Yeah. And we support the women and families in our community and that yeah. need it. Yeah. Well, we're not for profit. We're a registered charity. So, we are. hey, if you want to donate, you can go to... Feel free. Feel free. <laughs> we'll put a link website. to that in the yeah, show yeah. notes as well. Because, uh, you know, part of our... Um, I can never think of the word. I'm going to say beef again, but that's probably it's not a very vegan kind of word. But anyway, but we we're very um, we want to help the vulnerable women yeah. and vulnerable families out there. Does Actually, that part of our purpose. Does that purpose. sound better? You know, yeah. we yeah, and we do have this whole list. You know, like this is our purpose and our values and like mission, and values, vision, all that, that kind I'm of like, stuff. Uh, yeah, what are they again? You know, I mean, we live them every day. We so do. hopefully, yeah. I haven't forgotten too much, but. Um, I think that's what's hmm. actually similar to what I was saying before about hmm. the fact that I can't tell you the names of the theories and the yes. principles. It's the same with the mission and the vision. We yes. live it. Yeah. So yeah. it's not words that are on a wall. Yeah. We live this stuff. Yeah. We're here to support women who need to be supported. Yeah, that's it. And to walk with them through the journey that they have. Yeah. Actually, and that, that got me thinking before when you were talking, like why – I'm going to put you on the spot here a bit, but – Oh, perfect. Oh, <laughs> don't hate me don't buy me yeah. um, <laughs> can't because it's only episode zero so <laughs> ah, shame yeah. um why do you think there's a need for w- women specific services oh, that is a really tricky one oh. um mm. well it's tricky because mm. how do you articulate the need for a gendered space yeah and it's interesting because i had this conversation with some men around did they need this space mm-hmm. to be um you know for for men to have a gendered space mm-hmm. and their response was no why would we need that <laughs> so which i found really interesting because i have spent 17 years focusing on the importance for women to have gendered space and i think it's the fact that we talk about the need for equality yeah i'm not sure that we actually need equality mm-hmm. i think we need equity mm. what's so, the what's the difference um so the difference <laughs> is Equality is everybody gets the same thing. Yeah. Equity is people get what they need. Right. In order to meet their needs. So, for example, um, there's steps available to get to the first floor in our building. Yeah. That's brilliant. Everybody has access to those steps. Everybody can use those steps. Mm -hmm. Except when a client comes in who has mobility issues Mm -hmm. and they can't use the steps so then they can't access service. Well... So that person needs to use a lift. Does yeah. an able-bodied person need to use a lift? So no. So we have steps. So it's that. Or it's around making sure that people have yeah what they need in right. order to have their needs met, rather than a sort of blanket. Well, it's equal for everyone. That's it. When we know that we've got steps, everyone can use the steps. If you can't use the steps, well, that's tough for you. Yeah, and kind of I think in theory, it's nice to think everyone's equal and we're all born naked and kind of yeah. in a vulnerable place, but we're not equal we do not not live in that world we really don't and you know and the reality is that by definition Mm. all women are are defined as being vulnerable and disadvantaged which which still blows my mind to think that as 2020 yes in a first world country yeah how are we still saying this and i know that there's um you know there's people who really vehemently disagree Mm. that they're um that women are disadvantaged Mm. but that's the reality the reality is that the job positions that attract more women are the ones that are lower paying industries. Yep. The reality is that 
the societal pressures say that when a child is sick, it's the mum that stays home from work to look after them. Yeah. The reality is that it's when we're looking at positions, men are still in higher paid positions. Mm. I saw a, um, Mm. a silly meme that was going around on social media that said men choose roles such as higher paying roles such as CEO, doctor, lawyer. Mm. Um, women choose lower paying roles such as female CEO, female doctor, female <gasps> lawyer. Ooh. And it was really yeah. like, uh, that's not funny. Yeah. Um, it's not. Mm. And I've gone off on a tangent, sorry. So c- to come back to your question <laughs> around why we need okay. why we need gendered spaces. Yeah. I think it comes down to the fact that there are so many places in this world that women aren't safe. Mm. Oh. So what we need to do is provide safe spaces for women and sometimes we have to acknowledge that a lot of the perpetrators of that unsafe space mm-hmm. are gendered male. Yeah. So by providing a female space, we're actually giving women the space to celebrate who they are. Mm. And I think we still mm. live in a society that celebrates men for being men. Yeah. And what you know, what is the right age for a woman? Well, the right age to be a woman is to be a man. Mm. So wow. So I think we're still living in that space. Yeah, yeah. And while we're there, I think there's still this need for there to be yeah. female-centered spaces. So is, yeah. Does that answer the question? Yeah, I think it does. Well, okay. well answered. Okay, good. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and it, it kind of reminds me of stuff I was reading a while ago um, while researching for a grant on um, for domestic violence services and funding and stuff like that and and really reading i guess some of the the, i'm going to say theories but kind of understanding what's happening on a societal level and how um for women and Mm. men yeah but how embedded it is it's so embedded still um disadvantage yeah that we don't even realize it's still like it's just um you know and even like the examples of, of feeling unsafe out in the world and you know, crossing to the other side of the street if you see, yeah, and not all the time. You know, yeah. I, sometimes I'll me, sometimes I'll do that, sometimes I won't. But it's just it's so automatic to go possible threat, and uh, I think for many, I'm going to say majority. I could be wrong, but for the majority of men, that would never ever occur to them. But for us, it's just so you just do it. You just mm. automatically go, "Am I safe here? What's happening?" You've got to keep your eyes yeah. on what's happening. You know, you. That I mean, that's wrong. We shouldn't still have to do that. No, but that's it's not even just the the blatant risk so of being out and the risk of potential of potentially being physically or sexually yeah. assaulted. Yeah. But it's in a workplace of being yeah. you know yeah. oh um Melanie, it's such and such birthday. Can you bake a cake? Yeah. Or these assumptions. That's it. Or mm. um, can you get the coffee? Mm. And because you're the female that's in the room. Yeah. And it's just there's still that's still an everyday occurrence. Yeah. And I, and I, and you know I think for either or all genders still do that because sometimes for women we yes yeah we don't even for some you know you wouldn't even question things like that mm. maybe more so for some women and et cetera et cetera but um you know an example. I'm thinking of is the men- mental load for yeah. women. I'm so glad that's out there in the world now. But how? But even just that mental load of having to be aware of your surroundings at all times. Yeah, that, like that without that's just any of the other stuff on top. Yeah, yeah. But there's no, you have no opportunity when you're out for your nervous system to act, your yeah. arousal levels to drop because at yeah. all times you have to be 
aware of all situations and surroundings. Mm, mm. And like you say, how many men live experiencing that? I, I don't know of many, really. Mm. You know, in fact, they willingly go and put themselves out there into crazy, risky mm. situations. I'm thinking of like football and cars. I'm sorry, I'm being probably really sexist saying <laughs> that. But, uh, and I will just say there are obviously minority groups that absolutely. experience that as well. So, For you know, sure. For example, um, whether it's ethnic minorities yeah. or GLBTQIA, then, yeah. uh, you know, I'm aware that that is that, that happens as well. Yeah, and we are kind of talk, talking bl- blanket statements. We are here, definitely but, um, general, you know. yes, yeah, sweeping generalizations. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Okay, so who who are we? Who do we support right now? Even though we've just been talking about a where we've been, where we've been. So where are we at now? And that's a tricky one, isn't it? <laughs> Depends who you ask. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and on what day? Sometimes. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so I guess our remit is that we support vulnerable and disadvantaged women in the southeast metro area. Right. The reality of that is really quite different, isn't it? Yes, it's much broader than that. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So our services have changed over the years as well, and we now offer. So we've still got our perinatal mental health program. We've got mm. our general counselling program. Mm. We now have a children's counselling program. Yeah. A family counselling program. We have health promotion, which includes uh, emotional, physical, and um, I don't want to use the word spiritual health, but yeah, you know, I know what you mean. Yeah, Connection. holistic health. Holistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we have that, and then we've got some online groups and courses, and our yeah, yeah. Um, self-paced learning, as well as our Facebook and podcasts. So I guess our We've ch- changed from only supporting women. Mm-hmm. And when I first started, if there was a man's voice in the organisation, everybody got up and went to the front reception. Wow. <laughs> which was, you know, is a little bit odd. Yeah. Um, whereas now we do have men who come in. Yeah. And so while we support men, we support men because by supporting men, we're supporting women. Yeah. Or the yeah. men who are coming here. So women still remain our primary focus mm. and our primary our primary goal is to support women. Mm. Uh, it's just that that looks very different to how it did a little a little while ago. Sure. Um, but also we don't turn people away. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. if a woman lives in Albany or a woman lives in Joondalup yep. and they can make the trip here, yep. then you know we're more than happy to support them at the moment because of everything mm. that's happened with COVID and mm. our ability to be able to offer – uh, telehealth through Medicare for our counselling. Yeah, yeah. We do have a client who's phoning in for sessions from Victoria. Wow. So yeah, poor Victoria right now. Yeah. That's it. Mm. Yeah, and fingers crossed. We're we're recording this in August, so fingers crossed when we're releasing this, it's yeah. not poor WA right now. Oh God, I hope so. Hope not. Yeah. So you know, I guess because we realised everything that was happening with COVID and mm. really wanted to be able to support women in a way that is is going to be useful, mm-hmm. we wanted to recognise that the women and families over in Victoria are experiencing trauma and they are experiencing mm-hmm. distress and they're experiencing anger and um, mm. and that lack of control. So what could we do to support them? Yeah. And so, yeah, we do, we're doing that through offering the phone counselling, but also when we changed everything with COVID to go and offer some online services. Yeah. A lot of our self-paced learning we're able to offer for people who live outside of Western Australia as well. and Internationally, you can that's it. jump on and mm. learn what you want to learn. And, and uh, that's true also for the live streams, the yep. point of them being live so that you can interact with us as we're chatting away if you have questions or, or comments, experiences, queries, thoughts, comments, all yep. that kinds of stuff. To really, yeah, I certainly see us, what we've been doing, you know, I guess it's a silver lining to 
pandemic is mm. uh, we have made significant leaps out there into um, the online world to yeah. enable anyone, anytime. You know, you could jump on and do do one of the little courses or watch something or watch something back or listen mm. to something back like, like, like this, for example. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to be female <laughs> to do that. No, that's it. And so uh, – Again, while our core client base is around supporting women, mm. uh, I know that we've got men who are in America who yeah. have tuned in for the live stream yep. and who also watch them back later on because obviously time difference makes that a little bit tricky. Mm. The great thing about them being on YouTube or Facebook is that they can be watched at any time. Yeah. And same with the online groups and courses. I know that we've got people from all over the world who are participating mm. in, yep. you know, one of them's was it the anxiety group which is a mm-hmm. seven module mm-hmm. course so mm-hmm. runs for however many hours and there's yeah. worksheets and all of that in there as well but it's self-paced mm. yeah. so I love we're removing stuff. the barriers yeah absolutely it's so much more flexible and you can kind of like dive right in or you could take your time it doesn't it doesn't really matter it was quite funny when i was recording them because i was saying and next week when you come back and i'm like wait no you can do this at any time anytime you want i'm so used to running groups in person kind of things it was a bit of a and next week when you come back which may start in three minutes time or could be six months from now (laughs) yeah i love that i personally do a lot more things i still love the face-to-face contact certainly being at uni that's important to a degree Mm -hmm. in my course but oh having you know with i don't know webinars and things i constantly sign up to yeah it's so handy to be able to watch and listen at your own own damn time time. yes especially if you've got kids and a busy life which pretty much everyone has a busy life so Mm. um it's kind of a great evolution i think for us yeah and this podcast yeah that's go us (laughs) (laughs) yeah no most definitely i think it's fantastic to see and I guess we're not afraid of change. Yeah, oh, very much. And no, we wouldn't be where we are today. No, and I love that about us. I love the fact yeah. that we don't change for the sake of change, mm. but actually we're not afraid of it either. Mm. So, and if we somebody's got an idea, we'll give it a go. Yeah, and I think we, as an organisation, we're very reflective, you know, and mm. we, that's what we do, obviously, in, in therapy, in therapeutic groups and individual therapy, but we walk the talk i I, mm. I really think we do in that we are happy to put ourselves under a microscope sometimes that happens to us when we you yeah. know by the powers that be when i have a look through our system which is totally fine and and really needs to be done i suppose mm. everyone has to be held accountable but um we're very open to that i think without running for the hills and going no we have to keep things the, the way they are i mean that's and actually when when you think of women you know we women are more you know, the feminine, I suppose, is more flowy and has to be more kind of open and more flexible adaptable. and yeah. adaptable and all that stuff. Because if you're having a baby, your body's going to be doing all crazy things and your mm. life's going to be doing crazy things. And I, we model that really as a as a service. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. And it's funny because because I've been here for so long. Mm. There's certain things about the service that do actually feel like that's my little baby yeah. and and yeah. some of them have grown at, alongside my children as well so absolutely yeah so it does it's feel tricky, a little bit of. like that and yeah. we're very yeah and speaking of that I, you know we're we're very much a family here yeah so you know people say oh, i have my work wife or whatever or work husband um i don't know if we have that with each other but we're we're very family friendly here yeah. we're very focused on families mm-hmm. obviously and a lot of us are parents and those that aren't still have partners and lives yeah. and stuff like that so we 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 model that too you know mm-hmm. really through our leadership thank you emma um 
No, that creates a really, you know, safe space for staff to yeah. be able to then provide safe spaces for clients mm-hmm. to come in and we're not just saying one thing and doing another. We really we really mean what we say and what's written in our mission statement and yeah. all that kinds of stuff. I think part of that so some of the services that we are we're beginning to offer now is actually mm. running some training for different workplaces on oh, how yes. to create yes. positive work culture yes and yes and it's kind of like you say we actually do it we're not just talking yep. about it we're we're living it mm. every single day and you know so one of the reasons that we do that is because obviously if we put our staff first and we look after our staff mm. then it means that our staff are going to be here to look after our clients yeah so yep. our staff have to be the most important people and i think sometimes it can be tricky for businesses to remember that mm. because everybody's kind of chasing the dollar yeah there's a bottom line there's there is yeah but the reality is that burnout for staff yeah. costs the business a lot of money yeah so while while we're doing while we do it from a humanistic point of view mm. and making sure that we're looking after people and knowing that actually while our staff are functioning well they're going to be here to support our clients from a business perspective, it also makes good business sense. Mm. So, and those are some of the courses and workshops that we're going out and doing with, you know, right. with other businesses and with other uh, with other organisations to try and work on sharing how people can change their work culture in order to be more supportive. And yeah, um, but it, at the same time, that goes back to family culture as well. Yeah, how can you be supportive? How can you make sure? with all the attachment kind of thing for any relationship, how can you make sure that you're supporting people when they need to be supported, mm. you're celebrating them when they're achieving mm. and you're you know, you're being there to be able to be their foundation and their rock. Mm. So that's hopefully that's what we live here. Yeah, I think it is. Mm. I mean, especially because we spend so much time with clients, with women and particularly women who are mothers, reminding them that you have to put yourself first mm-hmm. and not, you know, and it's so easy to think, oh my god that's just stupid and selfish or whatever but you know there's that you know the metaphor of if you're in an airplane it's going down you put that face mask on yourself they will tell you that before you oxygen mask you put an oxygen mask what did i say (laughs) you said face mask but you know it goes on your face yeah no i know just at the moment everybody else has got different (laughs) ideas about face masks don't they yeah yeah, that's (laughs) very true i never actually use a face mask that's why it springs to mind yeah yes oxygen mask uh and that's what the message we give to clients, yep. to staff and certainly yep. moving out there into the more trying to encourage other workplaces to yep. do that, that you have to take care of your staff, you have yep. to take care of yourself. Otherwise, you, you're effectively you know, useless or burn out in a ball in the corner, yep. not coping. Uh, and that doesn't serve anyone. No. It's, and it certainly And it costs doesn't. more money. It really does. It does. Yep. And that's kind of the thing that it feels this is about opening up hidden doors so mm. and about but it still feels yucky that's my very professional word <laughs> it feels yucky to talk about money it feels yeah, it doesn't yep. feel comfortable to say the reality is if you can avoid burnout your company's going to make more money yeah because as women we yep. shouldn't be talking about that mm. but why not that is the reality the yeah. reality is that if if I, the staff here are pushed to the point that they burn out, mm. what is that going to cost the organisation? Mm. Yeah. So, in rehiring and that whole process or loss of income. That's it. When they can't. The downtime because you've got no staff operating for however long and then you've got to hire them, you've got to go through the process of recruitment. Mm. My time having to sit through and wade through resumes yeah. and then having to sit through the interviews. Yeah. While I look after staff because that's what feels right. Yeah. 
it's also mm. makes sense from so many other perspectives as well. Yeah, I mean, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, it uh, really is. Oh, there's a picture there. We Obviously, you can't see this, yeah. but we've got a picture on a postcard of a woman with a with an oxygen mask on her face yeah. to model that. Um, but that certainly financially, that reminds me to have had a friend recently who um, I guess went through some pretty bad – not not here uh, – bad uh, work – bullying and a lot of stress and a quite a toxic work environment and she became quite unwell yeah um and is not in that environment anymore thank goodness but got a successfully claimed workers compensation yeah you know and that can cost a lot, a lot for an organization yeah. and really why do we want to get to that point it yeah. doesn't make any so it doesn't make any sense to me why you'd want to torture people i know it's hopefully not consciously torture but you know yeah no well that's exactly it who wants to work in an environment like that whether you're the person who's Mm. being bullied or you're the person who's in that toxic environment being the toxic person in the relationship yeah who wants that i don't no No, not worth it no oh you know and you spend you know sometimes you spend a lot of time at work if you're full-time or Mm -hmm. if you're part-time can feel like you're yeah yeah that's it and it's we finished work at (laughs) nine o'clock last night we were back at nine o'clock this morning so yeah uh yeah yeah so it's it's your worth is your worth is not just your financial worth there's so much more to worth especially as a as a woman yeah Mm. Uh, yes a hundred percent you know i a hundred percent agree with that at the same time, mm. as a woman, it is okay to be financially remunerated yes. for your yes. contribution. Yeah, very important. Well, that's still we're still far behind. Yeah, because that's typically caring work or supportive work or even creative work. C- creative work, mm-hmm. but even um, you know we've had we've had some free childcare as a result of the pandemic, which yeah. is supportive, frankly, of women and families. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's stopped or that's there's some changes yeah. that have occurred with that. But in many other countries, that's just a given. Yeah. Um, and that fundamentally is supporting women, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and yet we have to, uh, you know, we could have an entire, I don't know, six-week podcast on <laughs> on that and how society and the, the, the governments really need to weave that in. Otherwise, actually, I just heard on the radio yesterday – on the news, some of the, the female Labor, I think the federal MPs who were going back to Parliament or there's something ah. happening right now, two, three of them or something are pregnant. Oh, wow. Uh, and one of them's pregnant and already got a child and mm. she was saying where it, there's no space for them, you know, there's no thought for them as pregnant members of Parliament yeah. or breastfeeding. What is that? We're mm. still so far behind. Yeah. As a society, really, mm-hmm. and that's why we need things like this, conversations like this, yeah. services like this. Yeah. Yes. I'm just ridiculous. <laughs> I'm just thinking about when – so I had my three children while I was working here. Yeah. And just the – I work in a women's organisation. Yeah. And yet when I had my first child, mm-hmm. still felt that I had to go and express in the toilets. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what is that? Yep, I hear. And then it wasn't it wasn't until probably mm. when I had my third child um, and I was in the position that I'm in now mm. that I'm like, mm, actually, yeah. you know what? And <laughs> you know, when and prior to that, I guess because I'd been in this position and had other women who were breastfeeding and yeah. um, needed to express while they were at work and yeah. and you know, we've got we can create options. So yep. If the care person who's caring for your child while you're at work, can they bring the baby in so that you can yeah. feed? Yeah. So you can feed the baby, um, or what can we do to make this work for you? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, when I was on maternity leave with my last baby, I had to come in. We could have grant anyway. I had to come in and mm-hmm. have a meeting. I was like, mm-hmm. well, that's fine, but just so you know, 
I will have my baby with me. And if my baby needs to be fed, then Absolutely. that's going to happen. Um, but there's not many workplaces where that is, yeah, where not. you can sit in a meeting with CEOs sitting around a table and one of them is sat breastfeeding. <laughs> so... <laughs> How amazing would that be? But it's kind of like the rev- you know us here doing the reverse of we'll we'll change and move with you rather than you have to fit in with us and in regard and particularly in regards to an issue it's not an issue or the, the subject of pregnancy or yeah. breastfeeding or babies like that's it's not an issue that's just reproduction because yeah. we want to or whatever yeah. and why should we yeah. <laughs> it should be the other way around but at the same time. Mm. When the lack of paternity leave for men, absolutely. You know, I was speaking to a, so speaking to a man on the weekend, and he and his wife work together, so they have yep. their own company. Yeah, and they have. I think their son is now one. Yeah, um, but they both do three days a week. Yeah. So and then they so they alternate it. He does three days one week, and mm. she does three days the next, and then mm. you know three days two days kind of thing. So they share parenting responsibilities for their child. Yeah. Uh, but you know he sort of went prior to him having mm. his own children. He never kind of went. Well, yeah, paternity leave we, paternity leave is two weeks, and then they're back at work. Yeah. Well, that's just not realistic. <laughs> two weeks. Two I mean, weeks. That, you're barely functioning. You know, and it's... that's what he said. He's like, my wife was not functioning. Yes. For. Yeah. A significant amount of time yeah. she's just gone through huge hormonal, hormonal changes she's not getting any sleep mm. she's now responsible for another well they were responsible for another small human being yeah. that nothing prepares you for at mm. all mm. and after two weeks he's supposed to go back and oh. just leave her to yeah. fend for herself yeah and cope with the fact that she's home by herself and yeah. he knows that yeah what a struggle that is yeah so very hard we do live in an interesting time yeah that is still really behind the eight ball I mm. think in that regards there's some other countries that are doing it way way better than us yeah yeah so anyway I think that's kind of who we are what we do yes we, I think we've covered that really well <laughs> I hope that has been informative <laughs> <laughs> for everyone so thank you everyone who has tuned in if you've um, listened to us share our, our journey here at Women's Health and Wellbeing Services at this very start at the birth of our podcast The Hidden World of women with um, Mel here and Emma. Hey. Sharing. Yeah, so if anybody wants to find out more about what we're doing, then you can get us on all of the social media channels. So yep. we've got Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. There's probably some more that I don't. Our website. We do have a website we as well. We have a website. So all of the links for that will be in the show notes. You can check all of those out. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to find out more about the self-paced learning, then we'll have a link for that mm-hmm. in the show notes yeah and yeah we'll have a contact us button there so if you've got any thoughts comments queries then uh, we really encourage you to leave us a comment let us know what you think about the Mm -hmm. the podcast yeah and if you'd like to be part of the podcast and i'm still on the hunt for well now we'll always be on the hunt for um new um, i guess women to share on any i guess any topic they they kind of want to that's related to you know being female Mm -hmm. and uh, you know stories of anything that's sort of about hope or survival that's um, and you've kind of popped out the other end or you may still be struggling with that a bit Um, we'll be putting out these podcasts every fortnight they will be Mm -hmm. up and available but I'm always searching for new 
women new to content to, new, yeah. new content yes. saying that you do have an amazing episode list um, <laughs> scheduled there and we've got some fantastic women who are lined up for interviews for those episodes yeah yeah um, so while we are always open to hearing and being contacted by other women at the moment we do have yeah. quite a <laughs> we're full, gonna backlog to get through that's it <laughs> um but yeah i think with some of those episodes we're covering some amazing topics and yeah mm. we co- do you want me to talk about some of the what have we got i've got some uh, women coming to talk about you know post postnatal depression mm-hmm. and anxiety um ivf infertility having a baby later in life egg donation uh, domestic violence, um, some stuff around like sex and pleasure after birth, mm. um, polyamorous relationships, like some really, really kind of broad. Um, I think we go everywhere from physical health, yeah, cancer, physical female health, cancers, surviving that, yeah, physical health, mental health, yeah, emotional well being, yeah, sex, relationships, pleasure, relationship, joy, yeah. Death. Kids. Uh, we talk about a lot about kids and yeah. families, being a mother. Parenting, different yeah, yeah. identity changes. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Grief and loss. Yeah, it really is a very – it's a really broad range of topics that we've got and it's just about, I guess, because women offer a broad range of experiences. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That need to be shared. That's um, it. Well, if they want to, of course, but – think women want to hear you know when i when i put the shout out on our face i put it on my personal facebook page and then it was on our the work website um and just put this shout out you know we're starting this podcast and we, these are these are my ideas for topics and i got slammed with women in a great way yeah yeah <laughs> with women going i would like to talk i'm happy to share my story and that just screamed to me that that women need a voice and a space still yeah. and we we won't ever not need that yeah. i think so we you know welcome yeah any, any conversation you're you're willing to have once i get through <laughs> yeah once we get through a couple of the ones that are already if you're on the list to wait <laughs> yeah that's Most fine definitely yeah so we'll wrap up for episode zero mm-hmm. of congratulations the, of the getting World through your first podcast <laughs> well done mel thanks emma emma's got a bit of experience with podcasts so she's <laughs> helping me through it which is fantastic no very exciting stuff so stay tuned for episode one podcast brought to you by women's health and well-being services you can find us on facebook instagram and youtube by looking up women's health and well-being services you can also find us at our website www.whws.org.au bye